You're listening to the Home Staging Show podcast. I'm your host Nilin. This is a show where we talk about all things real estate, home staging, and how to create a vibrant and thriving home staging business. Welcome back to the show. This is episode 163. Hey guys, as you know, Seventeen Hats was our main sponsor at SageCon 2021. We recommend Seventeen Hats because it was a critical part of our home staging business and free us up from lots of paperwork, admin, and chasing clients with emails. So that we can focus on what we love to do, which is staging. If you're like us, you probably didn't go into the business for the paperwork. You know, all those invoices, emails, reminders, to dos, and just the incessant chasing after client for paperwork. So that's where Seventeen Hats comes in for us. It's like you cloned yourself. Their all-in-one platform automates your staging business. Seventeen Hats handles the tedious stuff like payment reminders, capturing leads, proposal invoicing, and even scheduling. We actually created a resource guide for you on our site. Just go to sagetrimmer.com/slash-seventeen-hats and find out more about how we use Seventeen Hats in our home staging business. If you're a current Seventeen Hats user, we would love to hear about your story too. You can submit your Seventeen Hats story on our site at sagetrimmer.com/slash-seventeen hats. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Home Staging Show podcast. Today's episode is actually the recording from my talk, "How to Get More Home Staging Clients When You're Starting Out." Last week, when we did our virtual open house, if you miss the event, you can still catch all the replays, all the three sessions at stagemore.com/openhouse until September 30th. So you have about one more week or so. So be sure to catch the sessions if you're interested. We also have a sale on courses. You can save twenty percent on our five-figure floor-plan home staging business foundation course. That course is really all about building a solid foundation for your home staging business. We cover mindset, business models, the ins and outs of different services, the workflow for them as well. Also, the legal side of things and operations. You know, like inventory, what to do with them, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And that course also recently just got accredited by RISA Real Estate Staging Association here in the states. So if you're interested in starting a home staging career and then you want to get into a course, this will be a really great course for you. Or you can also upgrade into our Level One Certification course because our Level One Certification course includes a five-figure floor-plan course and also our Cash and Cushion Interior Styling and Staging course. Cash and Cushion is really all about How to pull the room together and how to nail your staging every single time. We do so by teaching you the design elements and principle you need to know in interior staging and styling, and then also understanding how your work is going to get photographed for open house, but also for your portfolio as well. So we do go over the composition principles that photographers would know in the interior space. So both these courses are on sale for twenty percent off. And if you're interested in the level one certification program, which you will hear about in the audio today, you can save 15% at Open House as well. And all this stuff goes away at the end of September, so be sure you catch the replays and also the deals if you're interested. A lot of people always wait till last minute to buy things, and I recommend not to do that because I always get a lot of emails after the deadline saying that, oh my god, I meant to buy it but I forgot. Unfortunately, we can't really extend deals or sales. You know, just like when you go to Target, for example, or shop, if the sale is passed, it's passed. We're not able to extend it. This will be unfair for those people who bought it on time. So, if you're interested in buying any of these courses or have questions, 
feel free to DM me or take advantage of it before the deadline comes up at September 30th. Between the three talks, I really recommend catching number two with Kristen's. Kristen is a broker at Philadelphia Compass, and she actually oversees 18 real estate agents. She also owns a very successful home staging business. They won Best in Philly in 2019, basically in their year one of their home staging business. So it was great because Kristen understands both sides of the business, the real estate agent side and then also the staging side as well. And so she's got some really great feedback for our participants as well during the live talk. That particular session, we're not going to pull the audio for the podcast simply because she has shared some really personal stuff in her talk where she show you like their styling look and feels and then also the way they systematize their home staging business as well. Obviously, being on a podcast, that's going to live a lot longer on the internet than just like a two-week replay period. So out of the respect of Kristen's business, I really appreciate her being so candid about her business operation and also how she built her staging business as well. I'm really grateful for both Bobby and Kristen who participated in the open house and also like people who have been showing up for SagerCon and also for our International Home Stager Awards as well. People have been so generous in helping us building the school and I cannot say how much I appreciate these amazing individuals that basically volunteer their time to show up for our school's events and contributing to the community by sharing their knowledge generously. So out of the respect of Chris's business, I'm not going to pull that audio into the podcast. Simply, I also want you to take advantage as well of the replay period right now. Even if you've been in business for a while, I still think it's very worth it for you to watch the replay because Kristen really broke down, like, you know, how they run and structure their home staging business, which I think could be very beneficial for you, even though you're not a beginner at home staging business anymore. All right. So be sure to catch everything, all the deals and session replays before September 30th at stageshore.com slash open house. So welcome to our fall open house. And today's topic for this talk is about getting more home staging clients. So what's going to happen in session is we're going to talk about how to get more staging clients, the strategies around it, and maybe some of the common mindset blocks as well. We're also going to talk a little bit about our programs that are on sale during open house this two weeks. And then we're going to get into our live Q&A. So for those of you who don't know me, I'm Cindy Lynn. You might have heard my podcast, The Home Staging Show. It's the longest running show that is dedicated to home staging on iTunes and Spotify as well. And we've been lucky enough to be in the top 200 category for uh, quite a few countries. So that's always really amazing and interesting to see as well. I'm the founder of Sage More. Sage More started out as a home staging business in the San Francisco Bay Area. We grew from basically my parents' garage into a 5,800 square feet warehouse in San Francisco, during which I was able to be lucky enough to win a few awards and we were able to get to six figure as well. And so when I decided to transition the company into an online school, all the stuff that I learned, all the experiences and, you know, accumulated over those years come into that as well. Now when we're building the school and also interviewing top stages from around the world, all that is really coming to help me to really build the school to the way it is now. 
So there are three main key objectives in our school. So the primary goal for us is really to help stagers to be successful in building their staging business. So not only to help you start your staging business, but also help you build a sustainable business as well, meaning that it's financially viable and then also by your own definition of success. That's something that's really important for us. It was something that I really take away from my own business building journey as well, because I think most of the time people focus on this kind of cookie cutter way of success. And that actually could bring on a lot of shame or feeling embarrassed or feeling guilty or whatever it is that you cannot hit those goals that what people have defined for you. So for me, when we're teaching the business model is really about what you want out of your staging business and how does that support in your personal goal overall. And I think for those of you who are on the call now or watching a replay, you're in the beginning part of building your staging business. And I think that is especially important to have that right intention from the get-go and to be very clear about why you're getting into this business and what does it do to serve you and your personal life, but also your work life as well. Like how does that fulfill you as a person? And for the school, most of the things that we do really focus on practical and hands-on approach. So whether it's free content we're publishing on Instagram or social media or doing SagerCon, et cetera, et cetera, it's really about helping you to gain practical knowledge that you can apply immediately into your home staging business. So even the free stuff like podcasts, for example, one of the things we made it very clear with our guests is that we aren't saying you might have stuff to promote. That's totally fine. But the main thing for our audience is that it really needs to be takeaway rich, that people can find out things that they can apply immediately into your home staging business. So that's something that's really important for us. And we really do that with everything that we do, whether it's free content or pay courses or workshop, whatever it is, that's our number one thing when we have people coming, you know, to guest teach or doing live workshop and things like that. That's one of the main things that we ask about. The last bit is support and community, because I think having gone through my own staging business, you know, having had the experience to meet a lot of stagers around the world through teaching and also working with students one-on-one in the past few years, I think the most successful stagers are really the ones that have a very strong supporting community. So whether that's a community that they built themselves or they found themselves, so that could be coming from friends and family, that could be from colleagues as well. So it's something that's really important for us when we're building out the school is that we create a lot of opportunities for people to interact with each other, hopefully to meet their staging BFFs that they can really go back to hold each other accountable and then give each other support and mastermind. So everything that we do, you know, whether it's free community talks that we're doing or it's like staging awards or staging con or the podcast, everything that we're doing, we're trying to foster that community as well. All right, so let's talk about what's really going to happen today, which is about market yourself to get staging client. And I think we put out kind of an informal survey, right? When you sign up for the open house, tell me a little bit about what question you may have. And this is really the number one question most new stagers have. It's like, how do I get staging client? So in the beginning of a staging business, your objective when it comes to marketing is going to be a little bit different than people who have been in business for a while. Because in the very beginning, you haven't really built a business yet. So there's still a lot of things that you don't know you're trying to figure out. And the best way to, for you to figure that out 
is by actually having work experience. So in the beginning, you're trying to get as many home staging projects as possible. Then you can start figuring out the rest. And this is under the assumption that you are at least breaking even on projects. No matter how aggressive, how much you want to do the staging project, the math has to make sense. You should not be losing money on jobs, even if you're in the beginning phase of building your staging business. When you're building your staging business, when you're still new, you're still really not really figuring out who your ideal clients are, right? Because you haven't really worked enough to know that. Maybe you don't know how to deal with staging clients yet. One of the things that we see uh, with new stagers stopping them in their track is often like, I'm scared to talk to real stage. I don't know how to talk to them. Even like our students who've been in the certification program that we've been working through, they still get that. You know, they feel like I need to make my presentation perfect in order to move forward. But no, actually, at the end of the day, it's about getting yourself out there, practicing, talking to real estate agent. In the beginning, it's very scary. But once you've done it, once you've done it a few times, and once you got your first job, then everything will start clicking and it's going to start feeling a bit easier. And we've seen that with our own students as well. That's something that people really say. Like, I don't know why I was scared to talk to people. They're just people. And it's the same thing. And you may not even know what home staging projects are like. Yeah, you may have a predetermined idea. So when I first started my staging business, I thought I was only going to do occupied and consultations. I didn't want to get into the vacant staging. I didn't want to deal with warehousing or buying inventory and things like that. But then I realized, actually, I really like vacant staging. I did not like occupied staging. My friend Bobby McGrath was going to speak later today. She loves Occupy Staging. That's her jam. I mean, she has a whole course about that, which I highly recommend if you're interested in getting to Occupy. Her thing is all about Occupy Staging because she loves working with people. She loved the whole process of it. For me, I love the dictatorship with Vacant Staging. I like it as simplified workflow for me compared to Occupy Staging. I like the workflow much better. You know, I can really control how I want to set up my warehouse and things like that. I find vacant staging really fulfilling and I don't feel the same way about doing consultation or doing occupied staging. So that you're not going to know until you try. And that's why in the very beginning, you need to just try as many different projects as possible, even though it might not be like the perfect project in your mind, you still want to try it out to make sure that, okay, I try this now. I know I actually don't like it. Then I want to focus more on the service I actually am very good at. The other thing is that you haven't really nailed down your workflow yet. That's the main thing too. There's a lot of moving pieces in staging, especially if you're doing, whether it's occupied staging or vacant staging. I mean, consultation, obviously that workflow is very simplified, but with vacant staging and occupied staging, there's a lot of moving pieces, especially I think with occupied too, you got that extra layer of dealing with someone who's living in the home. So you need to coordinate logistics accordingly. Bacon is a little bit more straightforward because you don't really have to worry about someone living in the home. And so that's one less person to have to deal with the schedule, right? But you are not going to know what that's going to be like until you're going to go through a few projects to really start working out the kinks. Okay, now I've gone through a few vacant staging projects. I've noticed we always get stuck here, like the prep part or the loading part or the offloading part, whatever it is. So you're still trying to figure everything out yet. So this is why in the beginning, when you're marketing, you're trying to cast out a very wide net. 
as a new sager, your focus should really be focusing on getting the word out about your saging business. Try to get it out there as much as you can because A, you need market recognition. No one really knows about you yet or they don't know your staging business. They might have seen you at a networking event for a few times, but they're still kind of like, I don't really know who that is. I don't know who their company is and things like that. And you also need proof that you can actually do this. One of the things about staging is that it's not really an easy decision for a seller to make. And chances are with sellers, they never worked with you before but they trust their real estate agent. But the thing too is with listing agents, if you're, it's the first time you're working with them, they might get a little bit jittery because they're not sure you're going to say the right things or cost them that listing or make them look bad and things like that. So you need proof that you can actually do the staging. So there's the social proof, like word of mouth, testimonials and things like that, referrals, and your staging portfolio. Because it needs to tell the story of who you are as a stager what you can do, and also your point of view as a stager, which I think is very important. So there's a few things when it comes to getting client. And this is under the assumption that you're clear on who you want to attract. And I think one of the common mistakes that I ask a lot of new stagers is like, okay, tell me about who your ideal staging clients are. A lot of times people will say, my staging client is anyone who's selling their house. Well, I mean, that is very broad because a lot of people can be selling their house. They can be selling their house tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now, 10 years from now. And obviously you want someone who's going to be selling their house in the immediate future, not 10 years from now, because that's a very long time of nurturing a client. And a lot of things can happen in between that time period. That is very too broad. I mean, it's like saying that well, I want to get married so any man can do type of thing, right? It, you know, it's, it's like any human being can be my seller client. That is really too broad. And it's going to be very difficult when you're designing your marketing plan and your system accordingly. So you need to do a little bit of work to research in terms of the real estate market in your area to find out the right real estate client to go after. Anything that you do, you need to do a little bit market research, especially in the beginning. So for example, the homes that you're staging, you need to figure out what that market is like locally. What does that demographic look like, right? What does that client look like? What do those buyers like? What colors respond to them? What patterns and things like that? You need to do the research in that particular market that you're staging that house. Is it full of Generation Z? Or is it going to be senior citizen? Because the staging for the two population is very, very different, right? So you have to do the work to do a bit of research to figure out who your ideal client are. And obviously, in the very beginning, most people start from the neighborhood they're already working in. They find out that's the lowest hanging fruit because they already know kind of who the neighbors are, who are the people who are working, who are moving in, et cetera, et cetera. Or they already have a real estate agent that they know that sold them their house. So that could be a starting point as well. But you need to be clear. So here's two examples. So this is Kristen, who's going to be speaking after the session, in the second session. She's going to be sharing her real estate business, which if you guys can make it or watch a replay, I highly recommend you too, because Kristen is going to share a lot about like the behind the scenes of her staging business. Kristen is also a broker at Compass Philadelphia. She actually oversees 18 real estate agents. So she's not only a real estate broker that knows the real estate market really well, she also has a very successful home staging business. They won best in the Philly like a few years ago when they first started. So it's, it's a pretty big deal. And they early this year, they staged people like M. Night Shyamalan's childhood home and things like that. So their staging business is fairly stabilized. 
And what I mean by point of view is that it's very clear in terms of what their staging looks like, what the point of view is, right? When we talk about point of view, it's about the way you style, the way you pull things together. Obviously, in the beginning, you don't know what that is yet. And so you can start by exploring the type of homes that, and the type of staging projects you're going to be getting and the type of work that you're going to be doing. No one gets to this in day one. I mean, it does take a little bit of soul searching, I think, for Kristen to really figure out and pinpoint what their style is, you know, a few years into the business. So don't feel like in the beginning, you had to have everything figured out yet. In the beginning, just focus on getting client, getting work experience. That is the primary thing. So this is very clear in terms of what they offer and also where they do their business at. A lot of times when I look at New Sager's website, I have no idea where they're working at. Are they working out in California or in New York or Ohio? It doesn't say, it doesn't actually say what area they work in. So right off the bat, this is very clear in terms of what they do. They also do interiors and staging work, yada, yada, yada. So it's a very attractive website. The other good example is FP Staging out of Nashville. Again, it's very clear in terms of value proposition. Like who do they serve right off the bat? You know, they serve luxury home staging clients in Nashville. And their tagline is connect with buyers, maximize sales price, sell more homes. So immediately what they do and how they do it is exactly very clear. And there's also a very strong call to action right here, which is requesting a quote. And on the bottom, you can see over a thousand Nashville area home stage and sold since 2007. So right away, there's also that social proof right there, right? So it's a very clear value proposition in terms of what they do and how they're doing it and who do they serve. So the first thing about staging is you really need to build trust with client. And like I said earlier, it's not really a $5 decision. You know, it's not like you go to buy a pair of socks and you're like, mm, I actually don't really like the socks. It's scratchy after I wear it. And then you're like, well, it's five bucks, whatever. A staging is a few thousand dollars, right? For the home seller. And so it's a lot of money on the line in addition to everything else they have to do to prepare the home for sale. So it's really important to make sure that you have that trust going into the project. It's also going to help you to have least resistance as well. Because if you work with an agent client over and over and over again, you guys have this report, you have kind of this unspoken word in terms of how you approach a project and things like that. It's going to make your working life a lot easier too. But to get to that point, you have to do a bit of legwork to really develop that trust and that relationship. Just like making a new friend. Imagine if you are a new kid on the block, you just transfer to a new school, you have to make new friends. It's the same idea. Marketing ultimately is a long game. It's not a one-off effort. A lot of times when new stagers come to me and say, Cindy, my marketing is not working. I'm like, okay, tell me a little bit about it. I did one office presentation and nothing come of it. Okay, tell me a little bit about the presentation. How did it go? Did you follow up? Well, I send an email to follow up with people. Okay, that's not going to cut it. Because email is very ignorable nowadays. It's just like spam. People can easily swipe and delete it. And the thing is, you really have to provide something of value so that people will be more likely to open it. So it's really important to pinpoint exactly how can you deliver value to your potential staging client. Because every time... In their interaction, if it's not only positive, they have a really great impression, you're a professional, you know what exactly what you're talking about when it comes to preparing home for sale, and you can provide value every single time. 
they're going to be more likely to trust you, to do business with you, and to recommend their clients and colleagues to you. So this is why you need a marketing system, because you need consistent strategic effort to attract the right staging client for your staging business. A passive email follow-up is just not going to cut it. You need a strategic plan with a course of action to consistently attract staging clients. The next part is getting yourself out there online and offline. And I think nowadays, the easiest way to do that is through social media. And then you take that interaction offline to real life in person. So the easiest thing you can do is actually just search on Instagram or Facebook, whatever platform your client's really using, and find out which are the agents that you really want to work with and start following them on social media and start commenting and liking their social media. Chances are your clients are not going to be like Martha Stewart that has millions of followers. Chances are with the localized business, they have a couple hundreds or even maybe a couple thousands followers. So they still get notification, especially real estate agent. You know, like it's also a lead generation tool for them. So they're going to turn the notification on. They're going to want to see who's liking and commenting on their photo. So consistently doing that, you're going to start catching their eye. They're like, oh, who's this staging company that keep liking my pose? I love this person already. That kind of thing. And then you start engaging with them by commenting on their pose, start asking questions or making comments like, oh my God, this listing was great, blah, 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 wherever it is that they're posting on their stories and on their posts. And then you can start finding out where they're going to be and meet them in person, especially at networking events. It's not like you're stalking them, but you... At industry events, it's very easy to see realtors who are targeting your specific area, right? So when you do that, go up to them and say, hello, hey, it's Cindy from Sage More. I love your social media. I love your post. Start introducing yourself and start engaging with your potential client that way. After you do that a couple of times, they're going to start knowing who you are. They're going to start coming up to you and saying hello. And then you can push that relationship further. Like, hey, would you want to go to that broker's open together? Or do you want to go to an open house together? A lot of associations have open broker's tour, right? For real estate agents. And a lot of times they caravan. So they will go to see the tours together. And so you can be like, can I join your caravan for your office? And that's a really great way to put your foot into the door and meet more real estate agents. So then you can start developing that relationship organically from there. And for someone to do business with you, you also need to be top of mind. So imagine companies like Coca-Cola or Subway or Starbucks, McDonald's, why do they advertise so much when the product is so cheap, right? A Happy Meal is like less than $5. A can of Coca-Cola is less than a dollar. Why do they spend so much money a year just to advertise? It's because they want to be top of mind. When you think about soft drink, it's a hot summer day. Who do they want you to think about? Coca-Cola, right? There's a lot of product placement in movies and in films and TV shows about that. And then same thing with McDonald's. When you think of fast food, what do they want you to think of? Going to McDonald's, the yellow arches and things like that. All these things have emotion triggers. They design their advertisement around that. And the other thing too is agent also work with a tremendous amount of people on one transaction. So not only stagers, they might also work with inspectors and that would be termite inspection, house inspection. They might work with a roofer. They might work with a gardener, a landscaper, a developer, a builder, or like a state sale if, you know, unfortunately the owner has passed away. You know, so there are many different people who want to do business with real estate agents. So how do you stand out among them, Right. 
So you really need to think about how can you stand out in the marketplace by being a little bit different. So you need to also find ways to engage with your potential staging clients online and offline. And that's why I think having do that social media thing is a very easy way to start. This is very non-evasive, right? Chances are real estate agents or accounts are online. You can like them and comment on them freely. And they want that engagement as well because it helps with their account growth. The point is the more they see you, the more exposure you have, the more likely you're going to become top of mind when they're looking for a stager. Especially a lot of times it's just a simple reach out, you know, maybe after following them for a month or so, or even just two weeks, you met them at a networking event. You can just be like, hey, would you like to get coffee sometime to really push that relationship forward and then start to see there's opportunity to collaborate and work together. And then one of the things you want to do is also output, right? So exposure, I think the great thing about internet is like the equalizer for everyone. You're your own publicist. So you can use your social media, start posting stories and posts on social media and showing behind the scene of the way you work. You know, you working on a staging project, you may be unboxing inventory that you just get. If you are new, you don't have any project yet, that's not a problem. You can stage your own house, your mom's house, your cousin's house. You can block out a day and just film a bunch of content and then post it out for a month or two. That's very doable. That's basically essentially what influencers do. They will block out days just to create content, just to film reels. And then they will schedule that out for months, right? It's the same thing for you. So don't worry about like you don't have a pay job yet. Just go out there and start staging, staging around the house, take photos, you know, take videos, do reels and things like that. Start engaging with your potential customer. You also want to show your face at networking events consistently. Those of you who are starting out, go to your local association. You know, whether you want to work with real estate agents or builders or investors, they all have association meetings. They all have public events. They all have membership that you can join as affiliates. Do that. Start putting yourself out there. Don't just stay home and think, well, if I put my website up, like people's going to call me. People are not because everyone's cracked SEO by now, you know, with website and things like that. So you want to figure out ways, how can you really stand out above your competitors by doing a little bit more, okay? And you want to visit open house in areas that you want to work in, start meeting the agents, like where the agents will work those areas, what are the houses that they sell are like? For example, one of my top producers focused on very specific type of neighborhoods in San Francisco Bay Area. And the other, my top producer focused on specific type of architecture. So they all have different specialization. They have different like areas they target also. So you want to figure out what those things are for the people that you want to work with. And, you know, the bare minimum, have a newsletter that you can send out regularly. So you can repurpose case studies, talk about home staging stats, things like that. Just give something a bit of value every single time. So you really add on, you can showcase the value that you can bring as a home stager on a staging project. And just really start focusing on building your brand. I think one of the biggest things that is kind of like the shiny object for beginner stager is that they want to like pay a brand designer for a very expensive brand so that their website looks super nice and their logo looks super fancy and things like that. I don't recommend doing that. I think in the beginning, your budget should be focusing on marketing. 
the primary goal for you right now is to get as many projects as possible so you can fully experience what it's like. So after maybe you've done the staging project, you're like, oh, I really haven't nailed the pricing yet. I need to work on that. So I need to work with my bookkeeper and my CPA about that to really figure out what our ideal profit margin and things like that. But you can build a very simple and professional brand by using things like Canva, for example. Like this presentation you're seeing right now, we made it from Canva and we still use a free account. So there are things that you can do by DIYing so that you can really save the budget to focus on marketing. So how do you want to be perceived as a home stager? What exactly is your brand? I mean, this should show up on everything you do, especially in your marketing. So your website, your social media, business cards, anything you hand out. Essentially, that's the face of your brand, you know, even a piece of flyer and things like that. And then the other thing too is how you dress and carry yourself at events. That also shows up as well. So every time you're in front of potential staging client, that is all part of it. And also it's really important to have call to action on your marketing piece. So on your business card event, would you like to book an estimate for your home staging project? Call this number. On your website, it should be very clear like how to contact you to book an estimate and things like that. That's one of the things too I see a lot of times with people's marketing in the very beginning. They're really focusing on them, but they're not really focusing on what they can do for their client. When you think about you being in the client's shoes, what you really care about is what this person can do for me and not the other way around, right? It's not about the biggest warehouse they have, the most expensive truck that they can get. It's really about, are they going to be able to stage my listing and deliver what they say they're going to deliver so that we can sell this property ideally faster and for more money, right? It's not really about the size of the warehouse, things like that. So really focusing on what matters. I really focus on the metric that really matters. And we talked about this earlier a little bit about what makes you different. So a lot of times I see new stagers using pricing as a differentiation point. Really don't do that because it's going to be a lose-lose situation. If the client today hire you based on your price point because you're the cheapest proposal they've got, that means they're going to leave you once they get a cheaper stager in. So it's just a lose-lose situation. Not only you're not making money, in the long run, you're not able to sustain your business for the long term. And you're also going to feel resentful to your staging client. You're going to feel like they're taking advantage of you. So it's really important to price yourself right in the very beginning. You also want to assess your strength and your past background. So what can you already apply into your staging business? So one of our students in the certification program, for example, she actually is a wardrobe stylist. And so she already knows styling, right? She understands how colors, texture, patterns work together, even though on the wardrobe side, it's on clothes and fashion, but that can still be applied in interior as well because it's the same idea, right? You still have a focal point in the room versus an outfit, you know? So a lot of skills that she has in styling, you know, things like project management, shopping, preparing for projects, prepping inventory, budgeting, all that skill set that she's built as a stylist in wardrobe, she can apply that into her staging business. And we can see that transition, how that transition over very naturally, that she already has a very good eye in terms of how to pull the house together. It's just a matter of boosting certain business area that she's still not very familiar with. For example, how does staging business models work and what kind of service that you can offer? And also, I wanted to stress, don't pick the easiest thing to do because when it's the easiest thing, everyone is going to do it, right? So then 
you're just going to look like every other stager. So focus on what are the things that can get you traction. So things a little bit harder, like making presentation at a real estate office and then actually calling people to follow up with them instead of just sending an email. That is going to get you much better traction than just sending a follow-up email, right? So pick the things that really will get you the traction you need to push your staging business forward. Not just like, ooh, what's the easiest thing I can do today? Because the objective here is not about the easiest way to run your staging business, but it's the best way, right? So it's the same thing. And also one of the pre-submit questions asked, should I put more effort into marketing via social media or working off word of mouth? Or would both have the most benefits? I would recommend you both if you can. Ultimately, real estate is a people business. It's about relationship that you build and the relationship you already have. And so I really encourage you to leverage the relationship you already have because a lot of times referral is actually the easier way to do business because people are already familiar with you. You're coming in through a referral. So you're coming in warm in that sense. They already have like a hidden trust built in because they trust that referral source. So you're more likely to get that project. You don't need to do as much selling as well kind of have the work already done for you. So if you can do both, definitely leverage both. Still doing the lead generation things, your marketing, putting your marketing system at work, you know, social media, networking events, presentation and all that. But at the same time, going after the relationship you already know, maybe you already know real estate agents. Call them and say, hey, I'm building out my staging business right now. I really love for some advice. People love to give advice, especially a real estate agent. So that's a really good way to break yourself in and then just be like, I would love to get some advice. I'm building my staging business right now. Do you have any referral that perhaps that you can send me that you know someone who might be selling their house or some listing agent might be looking for, you know, stager in their office. I would love to have that opportunity to meet with them and things like that. So start going after those business. And also in the beginning, because we're working now with stagers who have already hit six figures, like for example, our Italian retreat that we're doing next month is really focusing on stagers who already got to a certain point of their business. All the stagers that we have in the retreat are already at six figure, multiple six figure. In fact, most of them still need help with building out their system and SOP because ultimately we're a service-based business. So if you ever want to grow and scale your home staging business, that means you need to add people, right? Because with service-based business, we're using time to trade money. So in order to make more money, we need more time. So we need more people in our business. And when you have people in your business, then you need systems and SOP to be able to build out a structure to really support the growth of your home staging business. So that could be your financial systems, your marketing and sales. You know, once you get to a certain point in your business, you might have salesperson on your staff, for example, to really focusing on just purely generating sales and projects and bringing leads in and things like that. You will need operations for sure, no matter how big your staging business is. You will need some sort of operational support and organization too. There should be an SOP, like even how you load out the truck, for example, there's a particular order that is like most efficient with the way that your warehouse is set up. And also this is really important. I think a lot of people don't think about is how to future-proof your home staging business. I think if COVID taught us one thing is that we cannot take things for granted and we need to put in measures to make sure our business is flexible enough to be able to survive unprecedented conditions, a pandemic, for example, and then ways to think about exiting your staging business. And not necessarily you want to exit your staging business, but it's important to think about in the very beginning, 
Because as you prepare those things in the future, you are setting up the systems that you need to rely on to build out your staging business. And so that's why these things combined together is going to give you a really solid foundation. All right, so I'm going to go through some pre-submitted questions. Someone is asking, I'm looking for the right marketing tool. So unfortunately, there's no magic bullet in building a business. I get asked a lot, like, what's the percentage I should charge for my inventory rental? People always want that magic number and like the magic it thing. It's really up to you because it's your home staging business. I would say the best thing you can do is leverage your strengths. So for me, one of the things I'm really comfortable with is teaching. So giving presentation is a really great way for me to generate leads because I'm very comfortable teaching and presenting and answering people's questions and things like that, engaging with people during presentation. That's something I'm really comfortable with. So it's one of my strengths. So one of my ways of generating leads is just by teaching. And teaching is great because automatically you're in front of people. So you're in the spotlight and you have a legitimate excuse to talk to people. So it works out great for someone who's introverted like me because I have a legitimate excuse to be in front of people to talk about things. And naturally by teaching, people ultimately see you as an authoritative figure. So more likely they're going to come to you when they have questions, you know, they want to know more about expertise and things like that about staging. So you have to find the right marketing strategy for you. So one of the things maybe you're really good at is sales. You're just really great at talking to people. So going to open house, for example, talk to top producer might be a great way for you to get new clients, you know, things like that. Going to networking events, you know, if you're really good at networking, that might be the it thing for you to do. So you need to figure out what that is for you and how can you do more of that? In the very beginning of my home staging business, I started in 2006. That's when kind of like the SEO, like search engine optimization started taking off. And at the time, no one was really dominating the keywords for home staging in my neighborhood. And when I first started my business, I was 25. I had a lot of time because it's not like I had a full-time job really, you know, so I had a lot of time researching. So I ended up doing a lot of online marketing, like blogging, and that naturally boosted my search engine optimization. So I was able to dominate the number one spot on Google for my keywords, like home staging San Francisco or home staging Samatel or home staging Peninsula, whatever it is. I was able to dominate that very quickly. So that became my strength. And because we had that solidified, so it was very easy for us to get found by new client. And so I was able to take those clientele, turn them into consistent client base and then top producer et cetera, et cetera, to grow my home staging business. So you need to find out what is kind of like your strength and what you're really good at and what you can do more of and use that to your leverage, to your advantage. What are the top three things I should be doing to market? So on top of everything else we talk about, don't stop marketing and putting yourself out there. This is why you need a system. You should always be generating leads all the time, especially in the beginning, even if you're busy staging. That's why having that system, having that SOP is important because if your SOP helps you to basically block out a day every day of the month to write a bunch of marketing content and to schedule it out so that rest of the month, the marketing is already done. It's on autopilot, it's already scheduled. You don't have to worry about dropping the ball on marketing when you're super busy staging, right? So it's important to have that system in place so you're not stopping yourself from marketing. The other thing I also recommend is record your process and results. 
for these mocking strategies that you've been using to really see which ones are giving you return on investment. So marketing is a little bit like planting a seed and then watching it grow and then see if it flowers and get fruit. It's the same process. It does take time. So most marketing situation is not going to be a one-off strategy. Just because you did a presentation this week doesn't mean you're going to get 20 staging jobs tomorrow. All right. It takes time. You need to follow up with those leads and convert them into a paid customer. So you really need to figure out what are some of the strategies that are working the best for you? Like what are some of the ones that have really good return on investment in terms of conversion and things like that? We also have 50 marketing ideas on our blog. If you go to our website on any page, just go to stagemore.com. You scroll to the bottom, you'll see this section called resources for home stagers. And this blog post is the one on the far left. So you can just click on it and start reading it and then start getting ideas and implement that into your marketing plan. What professional association should stages join? Why and why not? I think this is a personal choice. It's up to you. You need to decide why you want to join an association. Is it because you want to network? Is it because you want to benefit? For, for example, like Real Estate Staging Association, Risa has a buying group, which is great. If you are starting to buy inventory wholesale, I think it's a really great way to start building that relationship with a wholesale rep in your area. So maybe that's that, you know, that's why you want to join, or maybe you want to go to resale convention every year, whatever it is, you need to figure out why and how does that benefit in your staging business? Are you going to see return on investment on those membership fees? So you need to decide what's important for you and make decision accordingly. And you can only be the person who decide that I can't decide that for you. And this one, I think, is a really good question. I have only completed two staging projects, and boy, do movers cost a ton. What do people do that is more budget-friendly than the steep price tags of large moving companies? The reason why I want to highlight this question is because there are several issues here I think needs to be addressed. A, you really definitely need to do research on your options, right? You shouldn't just call one mover and call a day. You should call quite a few to kind of price shop and also figure out who are the right movers for you. Because... Movers also have personalities, you know, like some movers are really great with problem solving. We were very lucky that after five tries, we found the perfect mover for us. They were flexible enough with the size of the trucks that we needed. The team is small enough and we trust them. We like their working style. They're really easygoing, especially like sometimes in San Francisco, we have like these giant hills where the truck has to go up. I'm like falling behind them. I'm like, oh my God. And we had to park on very steep hills and sometimes the door is very small. So my movers have to take off the doors once we have to hand mattresses in through the window on the second floor. So those are the things that we had to figure out. And so for me, having movers are super calm and just be like, no problem. That is the best mover for me because I want to not stress out on job days, right? So you really need to figure out what are the type of movers that work for you the best. I think really good movers are well worth their money, like I said earlier, you know, especially their problem solver. And also the other thing too is that cheap movers are necessarily the best because what if, okay, they're cheap on the hourly and they're not very careful. So when they're moving your inventory, they broke a bunch of stuff, especially expensive stuff, you know, like mirrors and like glasses and things like that. Or worse, they scratch your client's floor. We have had that happen, unfortunately, in the beginning of my building my business. I hired these really cheap movers, but they weren't really well-trained. They didn't really know what they're doing. They were just basically like, yeah, I can move things from point A to point B, and they have no skill set. 
And so they ding the client's doorway, they scratch your horror floor. We had to pay, obviously, to replace those things, to refinish them. That costs a lot more, obviously. So it's really important to make sure you have qualified movers that know what they're doing. And then also, I think this is really important, is that you really need to incorporate the pricing into your pricing proposal properly. Because if you're going to ask me questions like this, chances are it's a little bit red flag for me because it tells me maybe you don't know exactly what price costs and how that affects your pricing proposal. The other thing too, if that is the market rate for movers in your market, chances are all the other stagers in your market are paying that price as well. And they're putting that into their expenses. And the key thing when it's come to pricing your proposal, it shouldn't be like, how can I make that pricing proposal the cheapest? So I can get client. I think that is a wrong mentality to have. Not necessarily this person who's asking a question is doing this, but a lot of times I see with new stagers is a really common trap because people just like, oh, I just need to get the project. So let me just price it as low as possible. And like I said earlier, you can get typecast as a cheap stager. It's come up in our podcast interviews before several times. And every time the stager was like, it was so difficult to get out of that shadow of being a really cheap stager and transition into like a regular price stager or even a luxury stager. Those are the things that you need to consider like that have long-term effect to your business. So you really need to understand how pricing works in your business. We do have a pricing guide in our shop with a customizable job costing worksheet. So I encourage you to do something like that. If you're not interested in the product, it's fine. But build a job costing price sheet for yourself. You know, we did it on Excel or on Google Sheet. Just put in all the numbers and then see if it makes sense. You really need to figure out what exactly is the right number for your staging business so that you can have financial viability for the long term. So yeah, movers can be expensive. So are good stagers, right? It's the same idea. They're expensive because there's a reason. Chances are they're well-insured. They have liability, insurance, and things like that. And they know how to move things. You know, if the furniture is really big and your door is really small, they know how to handle that. And they're problem solver. They're able to alleviate those stress for you instead of damaging your inventory or damaging your client's property, which unfortunately we have seen before. So you really need to focus on what's more important here and really price your project properly so that they're properly written off and you're still making a nice amount of income on your staging projects. And then also someone is looking to add additional service to their existing service. So the original poster of the question is a home organizer. So one of the things they want to do is they now want to add staging into their business. So how should they advertise this? So I would say, one, you want to launch this new service with a promotion. So just maybe like how department stores or makeup counters, every time the brands have a new product coming out, they do this huge thing, right? They send out a newsletter blast. They invite you to the store like Sephora, for example. They invite you to the Sephora counter to test and try the product. They have an event. They show you how to put on the lipstick or how to pick the bed shade, you know, whatever it is. And it's the same thing you can do for your staging service. You can launch the service with a promotion, make an event out of it. You can invite people you actually want to work with and engage with them to this event. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It can just be like happy hour at a bar and then you make it into a networking thing where people can interact with each other and meet each other and things like that. 
And you can start adding these new services to all your marketing material as well. And also adding educational content about the service on your website, social media, and newsletter, and et cetera, et cetera. You also want to announce this to your existing clients. So having a newsletter blast will be really helpful. And also reaching out to clients you want to work with and let them know you added this new additional service. So you're actually expanding your service you're offering right now. And right now there's a promotion. They can take advantage of it right now. So it's a really good way for you to have an excuse legitimately to put yourself into the door to start that conversation and start engaging with your ideal staging client. And I know all this can sound very overwhelming. So business building feels daunting. We can definitely help. So for the open health period, until the end of September, we have our five-figure floor plan course on sale. So in this course, this course is accredited by Real Estate Staging Association in the States. It helps you understand the foundation of what makes a successful home staging business. So you can learn the business models and the workflow for the main staging service that people most offer. So like they can occupy consultations. We also partner with an attorney to write the legal section of this course. So she's going to go over the home staging business basics, like how to structure legally your staging business, and also a contract template, and then also walking through the different sections of the contract to make sure that it makes sense for you. And we're also going to talk about marketing planning, how to market yourself, and also strategies to price yourself as well. And a lot of times we also find with new stagers, they don't really know how to work with sellers and agents, the difference between the two. So we actually walk you through that as well. And also like the common language, a lot of time real estate agents use and how they work, which I think is really important to understand from like a service provider point of view so that you can be really effective when it comes to helping them solve their problems. Our cash and a cushion class is also on sale. This is a course that focuses specifically on interior staging and selling elements. So you're going to learn all the design language that's really important pertaining to staging, but also what are some other areas you can break into and essentially parlaying your staging skills into other similar creative styling career. For example, a lot of stagers now do photo styling, uh, working on photo shoots and things like that. So we're going to talk about that. I think the key thing is about telling the story visually of the home and using the design language. And so it helps you to verbalize, especially when you have a client objection. I think that's the number one thing is that you need to make sure the client understands that as a stager, any design decision you make in the home is strategic. It's strategic in helping them sell in the house. So it's really important to understand why we do X, Y, and Z. Why are we not putting artwork on every single wall in the space? It's because we need negative space. Eyes need negative space to travel. It's the same thing about reading a book. You know, when we read a book, all the words are not going from edge to edge, right? It's the same thing. It's because your eyes need breathing room. And when people walk into a room, their eyes are doing the same thing. They're reading a room. So we need to figure out a way to really accentuate the focal point in that space without overcrowding it. And that's why we need things like negative space, leading lines and perspective and things like that. We also look at staging from a photographer's point of view as well, because I have a photography background. So I think it's really important to understand how your work is going to be presented online so that you can attract your ideal staging client, but also helping your seller client to attract your home buyers as well. It's a different way to look at the kind of the traditional styling and color theory, that kind of thing. And then also our level one certification course is on sale as well. So last year when we launched a certification course, there were five phases. 
And we find that it's really intense for people to go through this in 10 months. So this time we broke it up completely so you can have a bit of breathing room and also decide you want to go for a level two later on. Because between level one and level two, you really need to build up data. You need to really have more work experience. So then you have more data when it comes to building actual system and tweaking your workflow, developing your SOP so that you can really scale and position yourself for six-figure and multiple six-figure business. So in level one, you get access for six months. The whole program is six months. So you get access to the five-figure four-point course and also cash and cushions as well. We have a student concierge for the program, Courtney. She's going to be checking with you every single week to hold you accountable on your goals and on your action items. We're also going to have group coaching calls every single week. And in between, obviously, you can ask questions in our private classroom. You can mastermind with your fellow students and also get feedback in our private classroom. And our certification program follows this path that we created called Stage Path. S starts for start. Uh, start your home staging business. T is training, training in the key home staging interior selling skills and also business practice. And A is accelerate to 10K to help you gain confidence in a very supportive environment and also really understanding how business works. Because after a few staging projects under your belt, you're going to get a really much more accurate picture in terms of how you can run your home staging business. So in level two, then it's G&E, it's grow and expand. We are launching the level one right now during the open house. I'm only going to talk about level one because one of the things we found most important, I think for beginning stagers, the common challenges they have is a, they don't know what they're doing yet. So they, they don't feel confident in terms of talking to client or building out your marketing. And then they feel overwhelmed because they feel like there's so much to do. Oh my God, like, where do I start? And so this is a very systematic way to help you get to the end goal, essentially, which is really start your home staging business and actually start working as well. And I think that really differentiates us from other training programs in the space, because most training programs, either you kind of sit through a class over three days or you take the self-study, but you don't really get support. You can't ask questions. You don't really get any coaching from the challenges that you have with your staging business and things like that. And that's what's really unique about it is that in the accelerating phase, you have a 10K challenge to graduate. So that means you need to go out there and make $10,000 pay staging jobs in order for you to graduate from the certification program. So you're under this kind of supportive environment to ask any questions in the beginning, especially with your first job and also getting out there with your clients. So these are the timeline and coursework for our level one certification. So phase one is start. We recommend the timeline to be about a month. So you have a month to run through your five-figure four-point course. And to graduate from phase one to phase two, we have a business foundation checklist and also a marketing system review. Because in phase three, you really need to start going out there and market yourself and start getting paid staging job. And then phase two is training. So we recommend another month for you to work on your cash and cushion course and then create a test project at the end. So that means like staging a room in your house or you know your friend's house, whatever, and then turn that in. The main thing about that is once you have a starter staging project, you can take that photos and start dividing that up for social media, for your marketing, for your blog, for your website, et cetera, et cetera. But you need content, right? To build a website, you need portfolio photos. So the best way to do is actually just start staging your own space. 
we're going to do a beginner portfolio review and also your social media review as well, like your website, your Instagram and things like that. Then you're going to move on to phase three. This is where you really concentrate on building out and start getting paid jobs. And then you can graduate with your 10K. So we have a three-pronged approach in our certification program. So obviously we have the core curriculum, which we talk about cash and cushions and also five-year report plan. So it's theory and practice, and also you're getting review and feedback. And the middle part is support implementation, which is really important. I've been through a lot of staging certification in the early on of my staging business career. And I find that a lot of times it's really about there's really not a lot of support in the implementation part, right? Because once you finish your three-day course or your self-study course, that's pretty much it. You don't really have anyone to go to. And that's why we create the space to do that with the office hour and implementation sessions as well. We can co-work virtually. We also have a private classroom. You can ask questions anytime. And then also lastly, milestone and accountability. So for any homework that you turn in, I'm going to give you like video feedback and things like that. And you can like ask more questions about it and things like that. So you're going to get a weekly accountability check-in from Courtney, our student concierge. And each phase check also help you progress through your coursework. So this is everything we talked about earlier. So you get six months access to the course, accountability check-in weekly, and also group coaching calls weekly, and then mastermind as well. And if you sign up during open house in this two-week period, you're also going to get three bonuses. So one of the things we talk about is our home staging pricing guide. This has a customized worksheet inside that you can customize and copy it to your own Google Drive. You can really play with the numbers of job costing each room and how that looks like for the entire project. And we also have our interior photography course, exposure to profit, and also book of scripts, which is essentially all the scripts that we have used in our staging business and more. So it has a lot of things like how to deal with client questions, like, can I get a discount? Can you give me a little bit cheaper, you know, price dealing with team members and things like that. So we have a lot of different scripts within that virtual book of scripts as well that you can utilize and copy and paste. And all this together, the total value is $5,299. And during open house period, you're getting 15% savings. So you're paying $21.25. So again, five-figure floor plan and cash inclusion are both on sale. There's 20% off right now. So with five-figure floor plan, you can save almost 200. Cash inclusion, you can save almost 120. And then one of the questions was, are there going to be payment plans? Yes, we have payment plans on all three of these courses. You can just go to stagemore.com slash open house. These three courses are now listed on the page. You can just click on them and you will see the payment plan breakdown. All right, so that's it. You just want to go to stagemore.com slash open house to take advantage of the special. And now let's dive into questions. Andrea is asking, how do you find out about industry events? You can do it by Googling. So find your association, every association. If you're in the States, there's association locally in your county. Outside of the United States, it's probably very similar structure as well. You can always find industry events just simply by Googling. If you want to work with investors or builders, they also have their own association and usually just go on their website. They have event calendar. Same thing with your local association. You just Google online and find out. You can even call them and then ask about what is it like to be an affiliate? Like, how can I get involved? Because they're always looking for people to be on a leadership board to get involved. So I think that would be something that's really great for you to look up. 
Tia is asking, do you ever recommend offering a first one hour walk through its free strategy to launch a new relationship with realtor? Yes and no. I think one hour is too long, to be honest. I would say 20 minutes or half an hour at most, but nothing longer than that. Because I think one hour is a lot. You know, I even say 15 minutes because even if they just do one room, I mean, 15 minutes, that's enough. That's better than nothing. It's essentially a little teaser. And if they want to do more than that, they can book a time. This is a really interesting question because I think last year with last year's SagerCon, we had a real estate agent panel, three out of the four, there were brokers. And then one of them owns a really well done boutique agency in the States. And she was like, yeah, for you to be in our company, you really need to prove yourself in terms of what you can do as a Sager. So you need to offer something a little, you know, like an incentive for free, essentially for us to experience it, for you to break into our market, you know, for you to get into the door of our agency. So that's something that you can talk about. If you are at a networking event, start offering things, a raffle, for example, have people put their business card in and then they can draw one for like a complimentary 30-minute consultation. But nothing, I think an hour is really way too long. She is asking any recommendation for building SEO. That's a great question. So one of the things I would recommend for you is go to Moz, M-O-Z. We can just Google Moz and SEO. They have really great beginner guide that are very detailed. And I think in the very beginning, also when you're building out your website, things like Squarespace has usually good SEO capability built in already. I know a lot of stagers use Wix, but I personally don't like the SEO capability on Wix. And you want to do research. So like, for example, I use Squarespace for a website. So you can Google like SEO for Squarespace, for example, there'd be tons of blog posts because every platform is a little bit different. The way they structure things like meta description or, you know, alt tag and things like that. So you want to figure out what is that in the platform that you're using so you can fill it in directly. We're not sponsored by Squarespace in any way, but it's the platform we use. But in Squarespace, for example, when you post your blog post or you have a page, it has an SEO tab for you to input the keyword and things like that to make it a little bit easier to be found on search engine. So I find that helpful. So you just want to figure out what is that like for your platform. I would say in the very beginning, just really focusing on figuring out your keywords. And your keyword generally is going to be like homesager and your city, right? So for example, if I work in San Francisco, it would be homesaging San Francisco, homesager San Francisco, or like specific county you want to work in. You can even dive into neighborhoods. So for example, Western Edition San Francisco, that's like a neighborhood by Alamo Square, by the Painted Ladies and things like that. So you can really drill in those keywords. And one of the things I really recommend you to do is blogging. Blogging is a really great way for you to naturally have a lot of those keywords into your Website And also every time you update your website, Google likes that a lot because it means that your website is alive. People are constantly refreshing it. That's why blogging is great. So every time you do a project, start writing about it. So, oh, this week we did a project in San Francisco in the Western Edition area. And this was a great Victorian home with three bedroom, two baths. 1,800 square feet, blah, blah, blah. And this is a transformation we did. So the homeowner had a lot of challenges when it comes to using colors, for example, because a lot of Victorians have a lot of like very vibrant color, for example. But the thing is, in the interior, it was too much for using these twilight blood red dining room. So you can post before and after photos. 
naturally in the process of you writing the case study, you're already going to use all the keywords about your home staging business. So that's a really great way to grow your SEO very naturally. So I recommend blogging. Ela's asking, what's the best accounting and bookkeeping software for the beginner stager? Uh, it's up to you. So a lot of people use QuickBooks, QuickBooks Online. We use Wave, for example, W-A-V-E. It's free because our books is very simple. So everything we do is charged on credit card. We don't really use cash nowadays or checks. So our book is very straightforward. So we just use something really simple that works for us. Ultimately, your accounting software needs to be able to run reports, financial reports like P&L, cash flow reports, and balance sheet because your accountant will need that at year end to do your taxes. So I would start with something like a starter accounting kind of software. I know a lot of places have it now, like 17 hats, for example, but I wouldn't use things like that. I would use like a specific accounting software for doing that. There's a lot of options now. There's also zero and I don't know, like, but I think most common is QuickBooks online. Staging is a great career to get into, to be honest. A lot of people come in because they want to be creative. We actually put out a guide so when you go to our website, sagemore.com, at the bottom, like next to the 50 marketing ideas, you can see this guide and then just going through it and then see if staging career is something that you're thinking about that really will work for you. I think there's a lot of factors that come into picking the right training program for you as well. So you just really want to evaluate Okay, that's great. I want to get into staging, but why is that? Because there's many different type of career within kind of the staging field. You can also be an interior decorator, an interior designer. You can also work for a furniture company, you know, on the wholesale level, wrapping their furniture. Or you can work for someone like West Elm Pottery Barn, where they will basically do some basic training and teaching you how to pull interiors together and recommend products to your clients. So what exactly about staging that really attracts you, right? So I would dive into that a little bit and do a little bit of research about that before you commit to like a training course, because usually that costs money and time. And also like recognizing what is the difference between decorating and staging as well. And then how different is the workflow going to be like for you? And then the time investment and commitment to that too, because a lot of stagers coming in saying like, well, I love decorating. But the thing is like staging is a little bit different than decorating. This is really about what the buyer's like. You might be staging for someone who's like 20 years younger than you. Their taste and their preference is going to be different than you. So that's why you need to do the market research and research what are the color, texture, pattern, lifestyle that really appeal to the specific demographic that is buying into the neighborhood versus your own personal preference. So yeah, so those are some of the research I recommend to do prior to like getting into staging. But just do a bit of research in terms of what exactly is about staging that attracts you versus other kind of interior career as well. All right. So thank you guys so much for being here. Like, I really appreciate you and I'll see you soon. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to help and support the show, there are three ways to do so. You can leave a review and rating on iTunes. You can share the show on social media, or you can donate to support the maintaining costs for the podcast. You can make a donation through the show notes or on the sidebar of our site. 
If you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do so. This will help us grow the show and book more guests. If you have any questions, feedback, and suggestions, you can comment on the show notes. You can also find the show notes by going to stagemore.com/podcast. That's it. Have a fantastic week and happy staging. Music